Do you hate your job? Of course you do. So do Liz and Noah. Now it's time to join their conversation so you can figure out how to quit your soul-crushing job. Welcome to another episode of When Can I Quit My Job? Is that loud enough? Yeah, I think so. Not too loud? Perfect. Maybe. What's your name? Is that a trick question? (laughs) No. Liz, what's your name? Noah. Hey, Noah. (laughs) Is this a ridiculous introduction? Yes, (laughs) but we're pretty ridiculous, so. Yeah. So this is another episode of the thing that we do. Yeah. Coming up on 100. Wow. Did you ever think we would have made it to 100 episodes? (sighs) No, I guess not. But then also, I'd have no reason not to believe it either. Yeah. This was a definite, like, our podcast was a definite ready, fire, aim scenario. Like, of course. thousand percent, yeah. Yeah. We're just like, we should just start recording because we should just start recording. You were so, like that. Well, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we've always wanted to like advertise and grow the audience and monetize eventually but that just we haven't really decided to take on that challenge as of yet yeah um, good at that. other than what's that not really good at that <laughs> we're but not whatever. well no it's not that we're well, not we good at it. we tried. just haven't done it yeah we just haven't done i it. mean we've barely guess, dipped our toe in a couple yeah, times i just think it magically happens like i before i knew anything about podcasts at all Mm -hmm. which i know very little really i just kind of thought people like became popular and somehow got money like i didn't Mm. understand like in in the podcasting world yeah okay and even like blogging yeah like i didn't understand about monetizing those things and like what actually like the mechanics of what needs to be done for you to make money and grow your audience oh right i kind of just thought it was some weird organic thing that people mm. like, I don't know. Well, gave th- money or it can be true to a point. Like if we, if we did five episodes a week, like never missed an episode, we probably would have grown by double what we have so far. I bet maybe more Just from that. Just, yeah. Just from frequency. Hmm. Um, okay. That's one way to grow your audience. And then if we had done, like if we made it a point to interview another podcaster once a month that has a, an audience like let's say 10 times our size or bigger which we could do pretty easily for free uh that would probably grow our audience another two three four times what it is um but we haven't done that yet well we also haven't decided like okay it's time to hunker down and figure out a way to make money from podcasting that hasn't been our goal with our podcasting yet. It's always been like in the back of our minds, I think. At right. At some point eventually. But like right now, our point is to kind of chronicle our journey and disseminate information that we oh, good word. think. Thank you. Uh, we think will be helpful to other people trying to do what we're doing. And that's the point of our podcast right now. Which is why 
even I was I was trying to if you listen to the earlier episodes, I was trying to get everybody who listens to this podcast kind of used to having like commercial breaks and stuff like that. But in all honesty, like I used to edit the the whole podcast myself and then I um, and I had someone editing editing it for me for a while, but then I now I do it myself, which is why I don't take as much care as I used to. <laughs> so it's like you might notice some more things that I used to cut out, like like when we click or you don't some do that anymore. Ums. I do. I try to. I think we For also real obvious ones or yeah. I take out the obvious ones, but um, I think we also are better at not doing it. Maybe since we've hurt ourselves more, maybe um, and we're used to talking to each other. And this is like, I didn't intend on going down this whole talking about this, but that's what we do here. We talk about what comes to mind, but, um, no, I think right now it's, it's important for us to just, we're, we're, we're laying out our messy, uh, flawed blueprint of how we're going to achieve financial independence. So if you were so inclined and you don't want to take, you know, a different route, you want to take a similar route to us. Well, here it is. Like this is us doing it on not large incomes with not being like super talented, like marketers or salesmen or anything like that. Right. Just no like, degrees in business. Yeah. Marketing. Right. Not access to a lot of money not experts in real estate, nothing like that. Just like two people who have regular jobs that pay, you know, so-so deciding to try to become financially independent and here's how we're doing it. And here's like the numbers and all that kind of stuff. So if you so desired, you can just do what we're doing or you can find your own way. So the, the, you know, the, the real, I, (laughs) Maybe ten episodes ago or something like that, we I, I said what are probably you would probably call our four pillars or something like that. And there's the real two pillars in our financial world are the infinite banking concept uh, and the land business. But the easily replaceable pillar in that is the land business. It's basically the land business is just an income producing asset. So really, to reach financial ind- financial independence, you just need to find an income producing financial asset that you believe in and know enough about to repeat and keep buying more of them. So it could be other types of real estate. It could be, it could be baseball cards. It could be books. I mean, it could be like storage wars and that kind of stuff. You know, it's, they're just buying a product at one price and selling it at a higher price. And when you get products that are worth enough money, you can finance them to create residual income, but that is a weird, uh, uh, not weird, but a total side tangent of what I actually wanted to talk about today. Right. So what do you want to talk about? <laughs> Did you hear anything I said? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you working on Arbon? No. Oh, just. I was waiting for you to talk about or to introduce what we are going to talk about. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I bored your face off. It's Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about This is gonna I could say anything here You have no idea what I'm gonna say I don't have any idea That's <laughs> true That is accurate Yes I want to talk about I don't know I don't even know if we can 
fill our our time with this subject. Oh, please. (laughs) We can fill our time with anything. That's true. You love to talk. Or we'll switch to something else and tangent the heck out of the episode. I want to talk about the importance... (laughs) The importance of celebrating victories. Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm I'm listening. I'm on board. I don't think we have a we don't have like a, a defined strategy of doing this right now and maybe at some points along the way we did but so what i mean by victories are when you are starting your own business like we are i mean we've got i have the land business liz has arbon and wandering rosebuds so which is her pop-up retail shop and her uh mlm Health and wellness company. Um, health and wellness product. Uh, you would technically, it's a job. Um, but so we have like goals. We set goals for ourselves in each of those, and we have. I mean, so obviously, when I sell a piece of land, that helps us reach our goals because I'll have a um, number of properties I want to sell per year and per month and per quarter and things like that. And you know, attached to that is like how much I sell it for because sometimes I'll sell uh, a piece of land on wholesale which means I'm selling it for about half of what retail is Um, but each of those you know help us reach a goal and so like when you attain a goal or you take a large step toward attaining a goal it's important to celebrate that victory do you agree I agree. And do you, do you have a, how important is it to you and why? Without having given you any time to think about that. <laughs> um, so wait, how important is it to me? And how important is it to you? Yeah, and why is it? Why is it that important? And then yeah. I have a follow-up question. Okay. Well, so I would say very important. Um, and I don't know. On a scale of I, one to ten. I mean, I'd say a 10 out of 10. You should celebrate victories. Okay. So it's the most important thing. Like, it's it's as important as it can be. I guess so. It doesn't necessarily have to be more important. I don't like the 10 out of 10. That's not, I don't want to answer in that way. Okay. uh, Well. It's very important. Very can mean a lot of things. I mean, like, it's very important to eat your vitamins, and it's very important to use your turn signal and... It's very important that you wipe after going to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, like it's very okay. important to turn the light off when you leave a room. Yeah, right. Like how important are we talking here? I guess your why might describe more of um, why, how important you actually think it is. Well, so it's a little tricky because like I don't know. I feel like you and I are wired to celebrate things. Like mm-hmm. we have that kind of personality. So it's okay. not it's not like it's a hard thing. I don't think we're not the kind of people you have to twist your arm, our arms to yeah. celebrate things. Where some people, I think you do. I'm going to inject something real okay. quick into this and okay. see if it rings true with you. I was, I don't, I have no idea where I saw this or heard this. It could have been, oh, I is. It's in a, a book I'm recently reading. Uh, I have no idea what it's called. I'll have to, maybe I'll link to it. It's about discipline. And it says there's two types of people. 
are people are motivated in two different ways. And there's avoidance of mm, discipline and there's seeking of pleasure. And you will tend to be one more than the other. And by what you just described that you activated my reticular activating system from that book of that. I think we are pleasure seekers rather okay. than discipline avoiders or, uh, or, uh, what's not discipline, but whatever, like, I don't know. What's rather that? than avoiding pain, we seek pleasure. Ah, okay. Yes. So I don't know if that rings true with you at all, but you just reminded me of that. So I want to throw that in there. As you yeah. continue. Yeah. No, I, but I, no, I think I agree that we're, we fall more in that category. Okay. Yes. That rings true. So did I totally knock you off your train of thought? No, Sorry. not really. But so continue. Well, um, so that's why, like, I think you have to look at yourself and like what kind of person you are. Like that, that's going to factor into like whoever's listening because it's easy for us to say it's important because we like to do it where other people I think have trouble doing that. Okay. So, okay. but so it's hard for me to come at that. We both have the same perspective in that way. So it's hard mm -hmm. to come at it from the other perspective of like, sure. if we didn't enjoy or like, yeah, we're just, um, you know, avoided. We were avoiders. Um, well, so I am also, I could be like a bit of a, a budget Nazi from time to time. So I can kind of like the way we celebrate things, I can kind of skew that a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I don't think so though. No. Like, I mean, cause even like, it's kind of just our MO. I feel like to, yeah. even in our own ways, like if it's like picking up a special like beer or like, mm -hmm. that's true. I mean, we also, I think I do find, like find pleasures in like the little things. We're not talking about yeah. grand celebrations every time. Sure. Sometimes it's like, let's go to this restaurant. We don't buy a $20,000 car when we sell a $3,000 piece of land. Right. I mean, yeah. Or any, I mean, it's so I think because we appreciate the little things too, then it doesn't matter so much that it's like, Within the confines of a budget, per se. So, okay. So, because we are natural celebrators, do you think that the way we celebrate when we have successes in our businesses, do you see that as an indulgence? Or do you see that as having actually helped us get farther than we otherwise would have? Hmm. I think that it helps us because I don't want to gloss over the progress. Like, so part of, like, I just saw this the other day. It was a meme, of course. And it was mm -hmm. something like find value in progress, not results. Okay. All the time. So, like, making sure that you are finding, like, this was related to health. The meme was related to like, mm. if you're trying to get healthy and eat well and like right. lose weight and change right. habits. I'm so, not trying to do that right now. It's, or, or it's not working. But, <laughs> but so the idea is that you don't want to just keep punishing yourself and like, and be hard on yourself. Um, because, right. because it's always the end result. The end result is so important, but like the idea was like, so that you can stay on track find value in progress 
Right. Right. Because when you, if you value progress, you'll keep doing it. Right. If you're not finding value in progress, you're more likely to quit. Right. Because progress isn't the same as results. I see. If yeah. You're just, yeah. So I just saw that the other day, like, yeah, like yesterday. Well, and that almost but. ties into something that we talked about earlier in the week that you said that maybe you hadn't considered it in the same way that like taking, I don't know if pride is the right word, but like, well, I'm just going to use it right now because I can't think of the right word, but like mm-hmm. ta- taking pride in the actions you're taking more than the results you're getting from it because yes like when when you take the actions that you know lead to certain results even if you don't get those results immediately it's the actions that are the important thing because certain actions lend or lead to certain results in almost every case so as long as you're taking the actions that's what you really need to focus on rather than if the results are there or not right away yeah, so I do think it's helped because I think it helps us value the progress. Okay, I see that. In answer to your question yeah. about like, do you think, do I think it's helped us? And I think yes, because yeah. I think we still end up getting down on ourselves or like we're not doing enough or like, right. you know, we're not where we want to be as fast as we thought we'd be. So this right. in a way, like I think helps balance that to be like yeah we're like doing some awesome things and we're seeing progress like we're not there in our minds and you know maybe we never will be in a way because we'll want to keep improving right well you want to avoid the the arrival (laughs) syndrome right yeah so um yeah so an answer to your question so well i think there's like so i'm not a brain scientist but like there's I think there's science behind the fact that, like, if you do A and you get a reward for A, you are more likely to do A again in the future. Like, because of our dopamine system or whatever in our brains, mm-hmm. endorphins, yada, yada, brain science stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. When, I mean, it's like. It's like literally the same as science of becoming addicted to drugs, except it's a positive habit. Like you, like, you know, you learn over time that when you achieve a certain goal, you get rewarded in such a way that your brain learns that, oh, like, even if I'm feeling lazy, my subconscious brain might be like, oh, uh, you should be doing that one thing because I want that reward again. Like... And so, like, if you make it a point to reward yourself when you achieve certain things, you're even if you're not consciously saying to yourself, oh, I need to sell another piece of land so we can uh, go out to dinner at Club Soda, your brain might be telling you that, like, in a way that you don't really fully recognize, but that might just give you that extra motivation. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree, too, that, like, while in our moments of triumph and things like that, we can allow ourselves to indulge a little bit. I think we are farther along than if we hadn't been rewarding ourselves along the way, for sure. And we never, like, yeah. (laughs) 
and we're not like over celebrators or anything like when we celebrate yeah it's like a fancy dinner or like a, a fancy beer or something like that like nothing yeah. crazy i mean well we we travel too so i mean that that's part of it like that's more of a if we've been successful enough in our business to have enough money that we can fit into our budget like an awesome trip to spain or something then yes like it's a it's not a direct reward for like a single sale or anything like that but it's a reward for progress over the year kind of thing right and also it's just us in a way like doing something we want to do make and making that happen like usually travel is a goal also right and like having time off like taking time to take vacation right so we also i hope we we travel to experience new things not to just get away from home so like I could almost... Although this year might be different. I might want to get <laughs> away from home a little. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, everywhere's gone crazy, so... But, um, I don't know. I could almost look at it as, like, positive travel and negative travel. Like, positive travel being going somewhere for the purpose of being there and doing something there, as opposed to negative travel, which is like, I just got to get out of here. Right. Like... I'm not sure they're 100% like mutually exclusive though because yeah, you're there's right. a part of me that has a little bit of an escapist attitude like for some things like not yeah. not always maybe more this year I'm just feeling it more this year so I'm talking out of that lens or you know from behind yeah, that lens Yeah I could see that but um like yeah I mean in general right we don't totally like travel to escape our lives or anything but there's right. there's sometimes that I just don't want that to come across like I think we do have that to a degree sometimes, or I know I do just being real with like the listeners. I do. I'm speaking for myself only. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's a percent for me. I don't know if it's more than like five or 10% or something like that. Like, and could have been different when I worked for the post office. Like, like really like the best part of this vacation is that I don't have to work now. What's next? Where can we go and get something positive also? like Right. So, but that's also what we're working toward. So, every experience we have isn't escaping anything, but it's also just like a continuation of our business and our lives as it already is in a different place with different food. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> really, that's all we want is like, Unique views and food we haven't had before. Or just really good food. And people that we don't have to talk to because we don't understand what they're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's like, that's the whole goal of our lives. I guess. I don't know if that's the whole goal. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Um, No. Yeah. Our goal is to accumulate wealth and hoard it in a in a giant vault so we can Scrooge McDuck Ooh. go swimming in our gold. Yeah, that's nasty. <laughs> money is nasty. Mm-hmm. Dirty. Only circulated money is nasty. It won't be circulated except by us. Oh. Do you know what mm. that means? Yeah. Just making sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's a common term everybody knows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know I do. 
was a former coin collector, so I know it. Yeah. <laughs> but so I don't yeah, know. So yeah. what would you say if there's someone who is is not? Well, here I'm gonna throw this into the mix. Uh-oh. This will switch things up maybe a little bit. Okay. I was thinking about. I won't say who. <laughs> I just okay. decided that. But so do you do you know the book The Millionaire Next Door and what it's about? A little bit. Okay. So there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door. I've never read it, but I know the point. The point is there's a guy who like lives on a super tight budget his whole life and he pinches every penny and he invests and he invests and then uh, Traditionally, right? Right, yeah, Not he invests like, in the stock yeah. market. Um, you know, he buys, he doesn't go out to eat. He doesn't buy the Starbucks coffee. Right, he yeah. lives in a smaller house than he otherwise would, than most people would on his salary. And he just saves and saves and saves. And then by the time he retires, he's a millionaire. And that is on some level the opposite of what we're talking about. Um, because we're talking about not because uh, how much okay if you make fifty thousand dollars a year and you pinch every penny and save as much as you can what's the ultimate achievable goal like what's 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 the most amount of money you can save in a year if you're the, the perfect penny pitcher rhetorical no oh fifty thousand dollars if you're if you're perfect, if you live at a friend's house who doesn't charge you rent, and you mooch food off of them, oh, and you what's the best walk to work? Okay. And uh, well, first off, you you're gonna lose taxes. So wow. uh, if you if okay. if your take home is fi- right. fifty thousand right. dollars, the best After you can do after insurance too. Let's assume you're you're paying health insurance. Right. Okay. The yeah. Do you know this? Is this like some known thing? Or are you asking? Me no, to I'm estimate? saying if you make fifty thousand yeah. dollars, the very best if you save every if you spend as little as possible and save everything you can, the ultimate perfect goal would be to save fifty thousand dollars a year. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because that's the most you could ever save because that's all right. you're making. Right. Yes. 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 That is a scarcity mindset, and what we're talking about here again, like we talk about all the time, is an abundance mi- mindset. Right. Where we we get good deals when we can. We save money where we can. We're pretty smart and savvy as far as like when we travel and when we do things like that. We're good with our money. We don't we don't spend money on exorbitant things. We don't buy lots of electronics or fancy cars or anything like that. But that's not what I'm saying when we're talking about celebrating. Um, even if celebrating is just like taking an extra a Friday off and going and having like a, a family picnic or something, you know, it doesn't have to cost you a lot of money or anything like that. But the reason I bring up the millionaire next door is the abundance mindset. And if, if well, you're, um, yep. Sorry. No, don't lose your train of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, I was going to say too, that neighbor next door, um, I don't know. So I haven't read the book. <laughs> so yeah. I don't really know like all of this. But like to me, you get that sounds like a stressful way to live where you can't allow yourself to celebrate. Right. And that your whole like your youth 
in like young adulthood and middle adulthood. You're going to have a life of ramen noodles and PB&Js just so yeah. you have a number in a bank so yeah. you feel safe enough exactly. to retire. Yeah. Uh, unless, I will, I will, yeah. <laughs> unless your savings are in the stock market and it happens to crash right when you're about to retire. Like, yeah. No. I want my Starbucks coffee every once in a while. Or right. My, what, like, That's my what I'm saying. Beer, like, my the things you sacrifice with a scarcity mindset for security are not worth not worth it like you you're missing out on life so you what might be able to retire a year early or be able to retire at all because like what 10 or 15 percent of americans are on track to have enough money to retire something like that like oh i'm because I'm afraid to be one of those 85%, I'm going to live a life of misery <laughs> like yeah. and scarcity and cut myself off from any indulgences. Like, no, fuck that. Like, we, we like food and drinks and travel and, like, mm -hmm. and while we don't spend, like, we don't spend, like, any crazy amount on that. We spend more than the millionaire next door would. And we do it to celebrate our success, to encourage us to keep going. Because because the point of the $50,000 a year analogy I was making was if you start investing in income-producing assets, then uh, let's say you make... Well, it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Like, then how much can you save a year? If you're, more, if you're, more than your take home. Right. If you use that $50,000 and buy a $50,000 asset that also brings you in an additional $5,000 a year, then how much can you save? 55000 Then if you take that 55000 you take that extra 5000 and buy another income-producing asset uh, that's worth $5,000 or maybe even more if you know what you're doing, and that's going to buy you an additional... $500 the year after that. And so you're going to have, you know, $55,500 or whatever. And then, like, if you find the right niche where you really know what you're doing, like, uh, I would say we know enough about land that every dollar we pump into there gives us $2 back over time, including expenses, then I should be putting as many dollars in there as I possibly can. And that's what we are trying to do right now and the importance of celebrating the little victories along the way reinforces number one the risk we've taken by putting our money in some place that a lot of people would consider risky but is actually more safe than let's say mutual funds or the stock market it reinforces the decisions we've made and on top of that, not only have we reinforced the decisions we've made to put our money in a place that's going to better serve us in the future, it also encourages us to continue to be active because we celebrate when we sell land and when you have a good day at Arbonne and we celebrate, it means you're encouraged even more the next time to, to have another great party or to make sure you're sending out messages to people to try to set up your next party and things like that right yeah celebrate <laughs> good times <laughs> come on
<laughs> so, I don't know. Does, does that you have anything else to add to that? No, I don't think so. We're just a bunch <laughs> of party animals over here. We are. I don't know. Yeah. We just went for a walk uh, in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it's a perfect day outside. Mm-hmm. I had a little party walk and drink with me. Party cup. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is only illegal if you get caught. So, uh... <laughs> Celebrate. Here Celebration drink. Exactly. So, and then as soon as... I, we in this recording I'm about to call a dude and hopefully sell our second property for the month it's been a slow month but I've mostly been focusing on our two most expensive and probably hardest to move properties so it's understandable but that's what I'm doing next and if I yeah. sell that I guarantee we'll celebrate it one way or another yeah and it gives I would say too it gives us something to look forward to like when we're on our walks let's say and you're like Oh, we should go to that restaurant. Like, mm, yeah. it helps because um, what's the saying? Like, people usually get more pleasure planning vacations than oh. actually doing them or like planning. Yeah. Them. So I think that helps too. It's like when you're like thinking about that, thinking in that mindset of like a thing. Right. And your brain is like, you know, your reticular activating system is like right. spot that restaurant. It's like, oh, we should go there. Like next. Yeah. Next time we need a celebration dinner or yeah. whatever. Well, the other thing uh, we didn't talk at all about. Maybe we can have a little quick discussion about this mm. as we end. But uh, celebrating is a is a is a level of gratitude. It's like mm. when you celebrate something, you're being grateful for it. And I strongly believe that the things you're grateful for, you get more of. So that's just like a, a universal natural law, in my opinion, and based on hearing it over and over again from multiple smarter people than me. So uh, when you're being grateful for your little successes, you're more likely to have more successes in the future. Yes. So it's like the law of attraction. That's yeah, exactly. So do you think I mean the more wise people I listen to and the more I hear them talk about being grateful the more I realize what part of the that what part of the total equation gratefulness plays and it's a really big one. Yeah. And so celebrating is not a way of like celebrating yourself, but celebrating the success and being grateful for the success at the same time. So it's not braggy. It's, it's, it's a humble celebration, uh, that in some universal way that I don't understand creates a greater chance of success in the future. Love it. So maybe we should end there. Cool. Let that soak in. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk to you most likely in a week. Peace. Thanks for listening to When Can I Quit My Job? Please remember to support the show by visiting com and clicking the Patreon and Amazon links. 
Also, subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about us. Liz and Noah are not financial or legal advisors, and all information given on this podcast should be consumed for entertainment purposes only. Yeah, I'm into it.